Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library. And welcome to a special edition of Books and Beyond. This is your host Alison, and I have Inika with me as co-host today. And we're in we're joined in the studio by really special guests, Kathy Casey Kathy Casey and Case Lauder. Kia ora it fano. Kia ora. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Oh look, it's so good to have you here. Thanks so much for coming in on this this rainy day. So um, it's really good to have you here. We're going to be talking about your new book, which is called Opening Little Boxes, and which you've co-written with the lovely Alex Casey and Manu Bateo. So now Opening Little Boxes is a collection of reflections on the pandemic lockdown, and it follows the thoughts of each member of the three-generational family who are sheltering in place during the pandemic. And the book provides a, a focused look at the interpersonal dynamics and personal transformation that take place during the, this period of time. And the authors are hoping that opening little boxes will spark discussions about those things that matter most in life. Mm. Now, each chapter is written from the perspective of a different family member, including the pets. Yay! (laughs) Um, And the black and white drawings uh, that accompany each chapter have been done by Kathy. So, wow, major talent there. And um, the other thing is the authors are going to contribute their royalties to uh, charities that support and serve the homeless. So now, Case, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how the idea for opening little boxes came about. Yeah, it started last year. Um, I was invited to do uh, do some voluntary work in Bangladesh in the Rohingya camp. I'm a palliative medicine specialist, and um, we worked there with a, uh, with a team, an international team, and the aim was to set up um, a care for the dying in the camps because that's a neglected area. Mm-hmm. And we visited um, uh, orphanages. Uh, some of the children had lost both parents and we were quite um, shocked by the books that they had. So mm-hmm. Manu, who's a palliative care doctor in Portugal, and I had the idea to write books um, for the Rohingya children and of course then COVID hit and therefore we started the idea of doing a book for the children that would be affected uh, by the COVID because I already knew that Mm. the wheels fell off in Portugal and in Europe and um, and I've always been concerned for uh, the children really the the anxiety level of the children in pandemics and Mm. and, in situations where people are dying. Oh that's that's really interesting Mm. thanks for that. Now um Kathy, um, how did you come by the name um, Opening Little Boxes? And um, can you tell us about the relationship, if, if any, to the, um, if the Pete Seeger song from the 1960s? That's what our suspicion is that it's related. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the name came first. The whole, mm. the whole oh. idea of this project is that the four authors worked cooperatively. Case dreamed up the idea and mm. he, he directed us throughout. And the, the name, like all parts of this, was one where 
Case asked Alex to come up with some buzzwords from the book and she produced a sheet. And then we brainstormed and we, we came up with, I think the case came up with the idea of tiny um, opening tiny boxes. Oh, and then gosh. we did remember the Pete Seeger song yeah. and we played it. And you know how it goes, yeah. little boxes <laughs> on the hillside, little boxes. <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing like that. The oh. book is actually the antithesis to that. It's about oh, individuals and... Yes. Um, and their relationships with their significant others and how that prepares you for life, really. Case? Mm. Yeah, and also the first chapter, um, which I wrote in one sec- uh, setting, is of a very young girl, and I put myself in her shoes, and she's quite an intellectual, mm. so she puts all her thoughts in little boxes. Oh. And some of them she wants to get rid of, and other ones she wants to keep. So that's why we came up with... We didn't want to use the term lockdown. The, the uh, book is yeah. about the family in lockdown. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's why we came up with little boxes uh, and opening little boxes. Right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because I guess that to put lockdown in the title, that could cause anxiety or add to anxiety. Yeah, I think so. And I think that the whole, uh, the, the whole emphasis is on opening, opening up to what's mm. possible. So that's why we mm. wanted to have the word opening. Yeah. yeah. In the time Rather form. than locking it down. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, very much so. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so um, in the book you have, you know, your three generations in place in the book. And we noticed um, that Nan is a real st- source of strength for everybody in the family in different ways. And um, I really loved the poem that she composes for the kids one night when everyone's just sort of trying to decompress and kind of get some of their thoughts out on paper. And she... Um, she writes a poem, uh, just a short little one, which says, um, Just open your heart to heal your soul. Make it as art, yourself as a whole. Um, that really, really struck me. Mm. It's, oh, I, I really you. loved... Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sh- shivering now again. Yes. <laughs> she was beautiful, yeah. She was yeah. such a support for the kids and then support in different ways for the parents too. Um, now we know um, from we've had a little sneak peek of this, but we're very lucky, Alison and mm. I. And um, we noticed that the book is dedicated to your mother, um, co-lord of Van Cleef, who um, very sadly passed away from COVID nineteen mm. um, in April of this year. And she was in her home in Rotterdam, and you, of course, here in New Zealand, it must have been so difficult for you. Yes, it was. Um, so she lived in a, a beautiful rest home mm. that we visited many times. Kathy and I we always had wonderful times there. Mm. And uh, we actually had booked already to go back to Holland in oh. November because that would be her 100th birthday. Oh, she was 99. Goodness. And uh, then my sister contacted me. Um, that there were two cases of COVID in the home. Oh. And it was middle of April. And a few days later, my mother was diagnosed. And it was really hard to talk to her because the whole place was in lockdown. Of course. Uh, my mother was already isolated in her room, um, but she didn't stick to because that's what my mother's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't get to nearly 100 no. years without that kind of... That's right, exactly. And then um, I finally managed to speak to her because my sister was allowed in because my mother was dying. So a couple mm. of days before she died, I was able to say my goodbyes. And then... Um, sadly, she died on the 21st of April. Mm. Uh, in that home, where there were living 145 people, 40 people died of COVID, oh, which is nearly twice the amount of people that died in New Zealand altogether yes. in one home. Mm. And uh, I know most of the people that cared for my mother and 
Yeah, they, they were all gutted by mm. the tragedy. Yeah. Yes. yes. Aroha mai. Um, mm. So sorry Thank to you. hear that. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm thinking about all those transitions that we have in our, our lives. So, you know, the births, the marriages, illnesses, recovery and, and death. And I sort of wonder if you think also that we're seeing quite a loss of ritual in our lives. I mean, we were saying last week we've even lost our ability to protest <laughs> probably during lockdown. And um, so, Case, I, I guess the question for you, you know, having worked or working in palliative care during such a unique time, um, how do you think this sort of loss of ritual has affected your, your work? Yeah, I've got a lot of things to say about it. Mm. But um, first of all, um, I feel really uh, blessed with the way, although we couldn't be there for the funeral, mm. the way we were able to organize the funeral. Right. I've had long discussions with my mother and one of my roles is advanced care planning. Mm. And part of the advanced care planning is to know exactly what my mother wanted. And we spoke for hours and hours and did her advanced care planning about what she wanted, down to the flowers. And just a little anecdote, she wanted um, uh, um, um, horses and a hearse with horses. I said, Mom, that will be so easy to have that in Holland. Every oh, undertaker will have six horses. Oh. But we managed to do that. Did and you? we've got it all on video and we've oh. got it all on photos. So talking about rituals, I actually mm. think that we were able to make this wonderful ritual. For oh. But I agree with you that, that I think in our Western society... Uh, the whole rituals around uh, death and grief, um, yeah, um, we can learn a lot from other societies and, mm, and yeah. work in other countries where they do that much better. They do, yeah, yeah, I they would agree with that. Mm, really do, don't they? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you're, you have been working in, um, obviously, in a palliative care situation throughout lockdown here in Aotearoa. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. has your work had to change? Um, yes. in your own professional and sort of on a personal level. Yeah. Um, well, it started off that I had two weeks off because I had a small hand surgery. So I was mm-hmm. really well prepared. I had all the time to talk to Manu, especially in Portugal, and mm. my Dutch colleagues where already there was this pandemic. So I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was involved in the whole planning um, in our hospital. We emptied out three wards. Um, and um, I was petrified, really, of what was going to <laughs> hit us. Yes. And, and um, yeah, fortunately, it never really eventuated. But yeah. the preparations mm. and the amount of time and effort that were put in, I put my hand up to be the only doctor working in the hospital because my colleague is the medical director. Uh, so I was responsible for organizing everything in the hospital. Gosh. And I wasn't allowed in the hospice because I was exposed oh, to uh-huh. the risk. Right. So of even course, that was a whole reorganization. Yeah, yeah, it was an incredibly stressful time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet. What was it like for you, Kathy, knowing that Case was managing that? Well, this is where opening little boxes became a, a real release valve for us both. Yeah. It was something to look forward to. Working with Manu and Alex in their different bubbles in Portugal mm-hmm. and Auckland meant that we had frequent interchange of ideas via email yeah. and, and WhatsApp. WhatsApp? Is that what's mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just an uplifting thing that wasn't COVID, but it was. Yeah. You see what I mean? It was, yeah. a, it was a positive 
outcome from what was a, a really quite a stressful and sad situation for us both. Mm. But, you know, that, I, I think that actually saved our life. I think it was a, a really, really good thing to be part of. And I'm, it was fun. Mm. You know, oh, it really, so there wasn't that it, much I fun. I could feel that yeah. in the book, you know. Mm. I could feel yeah. the energy coming off it. Yep. Yeah, the family energy. Yep. Yeah. Mm. No, we had a great time with the four of us. It was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And so how, and you said a little bit about how the creative process yeah. worked in practice. So um, how long did it take you to pull it pull it together? And and you, you, you said you used WhatsApp and email, you're Skyping and, you know, video chat. And the Skyping didn't come till the end. So liter- uh. literally we all wrote our own pieces. Now, Case, I have to tell you, was the driver of this yeah. project. Yeah. He wrote his first chapter in a morning. Wow. I remember, wow. if I can just tell you that story, because it's a good one. It. Yeah. it was a Saturday morning, he disappeared into his office, and all I heard was, <laughs> all, all morning, <laughs> all morning, I had no idea what he was doing. Of course, I, was, I wanted to walk the dog, and <laughs> I said, Case, what are you doing? He said, I'm writing a story, would you like to read it? <laughs> and he handed me this sheaf of, how many words? 4,000 4, words. 4,000 <laughs> wow. words, right? No punctuation, no paragraphing. Oh, wow. And it was... It was Case in the shoes of a, a small girl. It mm. was brilliant. Oh, I read so it and I couldn't put it down. Mm. And that's when I knew I wanted to be part of the project. And that it, it was, you know, it was it was taking yourself out of your situation and putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Yes. Mm. And it was wonderful. Mm. <laughs> and so did your dog get walked that day? Yes. Oh, <laughs> she, she always does. I think you manage to walk her rain or shine, don't you? Well, That's right. Writing or not. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, because um, for the listeners, the book is written, uh, is it seven chapters? I'm trying to think. Yes, it is. Yes, seven, chapters. seven yes. chapters. And you all took one or two chapters each. And, of course, Kathy did the illustrations. So how much free reign did each contributor have over their little, their little piece of the puzzle? Well, um, I tried to direct them all a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. So, so I did uh, the, the the daughter and the son and uh, the grandma, who's actually based on my my grandma, who was an amazing woman. She was the most loving, <sighs> warm person that I know. Who went to every church um, in Rotterdam and yeah, had a deep spirituality. So, there was, mm. but it was still the most difficult chapter to write. And then Manu um, was going to write. Uh, the two parents, mm-hmm. and then Cassie offered to write the dog, and then mm-hmm. Alex offered to write the cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's how it all came together. But I had quite clear ideas about the structure of the book and the names of the book. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't want it to have a place oh. so that it couldn't be identified. I was going to ask you about yeah. that, we noticed that, didn't we? So that was a conscious decision. Very much so. Yes. 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 For me, it was very much about that it was a book. It should be for every culture, every religion, mm. uh, any place, any time. So we tried to avoid the, uh, any pandemic as well. So we, we didn't yes. actually... Yes, that's right. Picked that up. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so any crisis situation, like um, wherever in the world that it could be used. And so it was very important. My idea from the start was to have no place. Yep. You couldn't mm. identify where it was. We try to not have it a culture. It's, of course, difficult because we're still from a Western mm-hmm. culture, but mm-hmm. to make it as accessible as possible. And no dialogues. We wanted it all, yeah. I wanted it all to mm. be people's internal processes and mm. what, what, 
what it all brought up from, from for them. And I, I love doing that, actually. It was very... As far as uh, the free reign is concerned, <laughs> we all wrote our chapters, but then we, we read each other's chapters yeah. and offered constructive criticism. Mm. And that's how, it, mm. how we knew what everybody else was writing, and it came together. And so there are different voices, absolutely. Yeah. But there's, there's a whole as well. That it's really cohesive. Yeah. 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 Mm. It does come across as really cohesive. That's yeah. why I was really fascinated to find out yeah, how, how you managed to pull it together to sound... You know, obviously there's there's all the voices in the book, but all the voices of the writers as well. I think it really also, comes together. We as a also package. owe a debt of gratitude to our two authors. Alex was the first mm. author, uh-huh. and then Arnie in Hawaii was the mm. second author. Uh, uh, editors, editors, editors. Ah. What did I say? Authors. Yes. We have to thank our two before. editors. Yes. Yeah. They did a huge oh. job doing just that. Yeah. Where there was disconnect, there was they connected, and mm. so that's why we have a sum that's greater than the parts. Oh yes. So the editor's job is so important, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But it must have been nice having Alex uh, edit. Oh, yeah, it was indeed. She's yeah. brilliant. She's amazing. Oh, yes. She's a fantastic editor. Mm. Yeah, oh, we should yes. have the listeners that Alex is um, Kathy's daughter. Yeah. And um, mm. a writer in her own right. Yes, mm. and a great podcaster. Absolutely. We're, we're yeah. big fan, we're fan absolutely. girls. We're fangirls. Down on an Easter Alex, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrific. So now, um, oh, yes, so the, oh, my only other comment really was about the universality of the story. So, yeah. So, um, oh, Kathy, yeah, now you illustrated the, the book and wrote as Len, the dog. Um, what a major talent. Um, and um, Alex, of course, wrote Gorgeous, the cat. How, so how was it walking in Len's paw prints? <laughs> well, we, we have a, a shelter dog and Alex yeah. has two shelter cats. Oh. And, and if you have pets, you know that you become familiar with them. You in sure the do. story, though, the pets, the cat and the dog, are really nurturing for the children. Mm. They are the children's pets and they provide support through all their anxiety of lockdown and the things that are happening to them in the story. So, And that, that's as, as we know, pet owners know how yeah. much love pets have to give and how much love we give back. So, so they, they, they played a crucial role. They play a crucial role in families. They played a crucial role in our book. Mm. Yeah, they do. And I think with children too, they really help with empathy, don't they? And especially for kids that grow up in a family that perhaps has struggles and everything. A family pet can be, well, the most wonderful therapy for them too, can't they? And yep. and they teach us teach us so much. And so am I right that Len was named after Leonard Cohen? In the book, indeed. In, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great name, isn't it? And because you've got a kind of a rock star dog as well, haven't you, Susan? <laughs> or would we call her a rock star? I don't Probably not. <laughs> not quite rock. <laughs> star, right? You, you, you mean Susie, who's called after Susan Boyle. Susan, of course. Right. Yes. Everybody knows Susie. Susan. She's a lovely, lovely little dog. And yes. yes, Len is based on Susie. <laughs> yeah, oh, how lovely. Yeah. And just as a bit of an aside, Kathy, you've recently secured a huge win for, for Auckland animal lovers, um, getting the go-ahead um, for pets to travel on trains. Yep, pets on trains and the buses is coming next. Oh, oh wonderful. Right. Yes. I suppose they've got to have an owner with them. Absolutely. They? Yeah, yeah. Do they, they could get a, 
a pork, a fur card or the something. Hop card on the hop card. card. Hop card. That's for the bunnies. Oh, for the bunnies. They are allowed on the bus as well. On the train as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, the possibilities are endless, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you wrote about you wrote the chapters for um, Nico and uh, is it Uman? Uman. That's Uman. Right, yeah. Yes. Who are the children of the book? Yes. And um, I thought they were beautifully written. Oh, thank um, you. Nico, for our listeners, the um, Nico is um, the oldest child, and um, and Uman the younger, and um, they're both quite different personalities. Um, they talk about the roots in Fano, Fenua, and Wairua. We wanted to know um, a little bit about how opening boxes will help people process the experience of the pandemic and of the lockdown. Yes, thank you. That's a beautiful question. Um, as I said before, I've always been concerned um, for the children, especially, and um, and I wanted to bring out the anxiety of Uman and and the way she processes things. So she's more of a head person, an intellectual person. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also in the book there's there's some kind of um, story that something happened at school at school, and I wanted mm. to keep that really vague. So so there is she's changed, and 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 her brother was very sensitive. He. He really cares for her and he tries to help her. So for me, I wanted to bring out yeah, the different natures and the different dynamics in, mm. in the family. And of course, uh, the main issue was um, Dad asking his mum to move back in. Yes. And that everybody was really looking forward to to her heartfelt care for the family. Mm. And what I really loved was that Manu made um, Dad... Uh, a cardiologist, a heart doctor. So he's mm. got the physical heart, and then yeah. mm. grandma is the emotional heart. And um, yeah, for me, the whole book is is about how to come back to what's important, which isn't our careers, which isn't money, our mortgage, mm. our next car, mm. which is about core values of of how to live a life, a meaningful life, mm. full of care and. And full of love for each other, compassionate communities. How to build Absolutely. compassion within our society, really? Mm. So yeah, that was the the, the main message um, that I wanted to be conveyed in the book. Mm. For me, it's um, I grew up in Scotland mm. in the fifties, where children were seen and not heard. Oh, yeah. mm. And and what's really important for me is how the children have a a special voice, they see things differently and, and the book reminds us of that, that yeah. it's often in a, in, a, in a crisis situation we're dealing with a crisis and we forget about yes. the children mm. and so that was really important for me and the other thing was, as Case mentioned I think we undervalue age in our society so. and mm. in this book, Grandma is the, 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 the spiritual force that, that helps Absolutely. get the family through mm. the, the crisis yeah, mm. yeah. I thought there was a beautiful choice for for the family, <laughs> fictional family, but yeah. <laughs> to bring yes. grandma in at that time. I thought that was just yeah. And That's absolutely, and certainly, my children really missed their grandparents. I mean, yes. we were in touch by Zoom, but you yeah. know, the, as soon as lockdown was over, it was like right. When are we going to see them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. No, exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Because, um, Case, in um, the refugee camps, do, do you have extended families there or are the little family units quite 
Yeah, the, the amount of trauma in mm. the Rohingya camp is phenomenal. There's yeah. now a million refugees mm. there. They're actually not refugees, they're displaced people oh, that's right. because they don't have a nationality even. Right. And uh, the amount of uh, people that got murdered and the amount of people that, children that lost one or two parents and yeah, the amount of families that have lost family members and, and women that have been raped is phenomenal. Mm. So the, the emotional trauma is, is huge in the camp. And then, of yeah. course, the whole care for, um, for the people that... All, all, the, all the, the, the Red Cross and the, the Doctors Without Borders, they mm. do all the acute treatments. But, of course, the forgotten people are the elderly and the people with chronic illnesses, the people mm. with cancer. Mm-hmm. So that was our role, to set up services yeah. there. And unfortunately, we were supposed to go back but unfortunately we can't go back at the moment really. that's right mm. Mm. I mean, we think we went through something I mean you think about the mm. yes people who are already doing it the toughest you can be doing it and, yes. and, the, and, and the COVID, the COVID cases I mean they, they've done 450 tests on a million people nothing oh, wow. yes. uh, over 40 are positive uh, five of them have died. I mean, how many? You can work out how many people yeah. are having COVID in yes, the camps and how many people right. are dying of COVID. Yes, it's a and that situation. Huge disaster. Oh, mm. It's terrible. It's unbelievable, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and so terrible and frightening for the children. Unbelievable. You, yeah. Yes, exactly, mm. exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. In terms of therapies in the camps, because one one thing that came out in the book was, um, you know, the importance of creativity and. And getting that, um, using that as part of your processing, is that something that comes into sort of camp life? Is that yeah, what, what I liked was there was actually quite a bit of green space, which really surprised me. Mm. And uh, I played soccer with the kids there, oh. and it was really nice. Mm. There, 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 there was lots of... Um, so, yeah, I, I think, of course, they, they have not their freedom, but... Um, yeah, there were lots, of, and, and the population is very young, eh? like the people, yeah. the, the amount of children is phenomenal, oh, at least they've got space to play, far less true. than in Bangladesh itself, actually, oh, which is yeah. one of the highest and the most densely Dense. populated yes. country in mm. the world, with 155 million people mm. in a country the size of the North Island, mm. it will give you some Amazing. idea. And I guess um, in a situation like that, when you're dealing with a, acute medical crises and also your palliative... Pa- pa- I knew I wouldn't be able to say the word. It's like my espionage. It's a terrible word. It's like my espionage. The meaning is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So when you're dealing with those things, it's probably hard to have time for the to spend with the kids, you know, that quality time to have around a soccer or play snakes and ladders or yeah well that's actually why we wanted to to write books for them that Mm. uh, i think you know uh, to literacy because Mm. um the children weren't allowed to go to school uh, in in myanmar they were uh, just excluded from that so they're 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 illiterate so Mm. to 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 educate them there at least they get some education in the camp and then to write books like you know these mm. kinds of books mm. with a, a positive message um, that was our aim really and we will still work on that uh, that, well, that would be 
we can't wait to <laughs> yes hear more from all of you. And I think that's a beautiful, um, yes. a beautiful way to to help in a situation that so often would seem helpless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I really loved it the beginning of the book um, where it opens and says, "Home is where the heart is." Um, and I think it's a good time to remind our listeners that the proceeds of every copy sold will go to the charities that support the homeless here in Tamaki Makoto. And um, Auckland Libraries will have copies to borrow as well. But mm-hmm. we really want to encourage the people that can um, to buy buy a copy for themselves or as a gift. So, um, uh, Cathy and Case, where can people buy a copy Yes, you can buy it online um, at fivedogsbooks.com mm-hmm. and you can order it there and um, it's being printed now so it's a pre-order. Um, it should be available uh, next next week and yeah, all our royalties um, go to uh, the City Mission and to Livewise. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and we understand that um, that the um, you've made us a beautiful gift to Auckland Libraries. That the manuscripts and the original illustrations will become part yeah. of the um, Auckland Libraries um, COVID nineteen archive, which is called a snapshot a snapshot in time COVID nineteen. So thank you so much. Oh, we do. We're actually delighted about that because it, it's it's nice to have a home for the. The outtakes, (laughs) the illustrations we didn't use, the ones we did use, the pieces of manuscript, the first edition of Casey's chapter that came oh, from the yeah, office the 4, that morning. Yes, the precious 4,000 words. So all the political statements were taken out. Well, we'll preserve all of those for you. Know you no yes, worries. You it's library's such, neutral ground. Such a, a wonderful <laughs> gift. Well, look, thank you so much for being here with us today, Cathy and Case. It's been a real honour to have you and and um, we're really looking forward to to what's next, what's going to come out of the households next. Um, Who knows? Yes. That's right. <laughs> so good luck with the book and the launch. Um, and until next time, haere rā and kakite anō. This programme was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and... Catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond.